welcome back to All Sharks No Bite, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. And shout out one time to the Hockey Podcast Network, I just want to say. Uh, they've been super supportive and incredible. Love the community over there, so hats off to them. And since the last episode, the Sharks most notably beat the Blues by an impressive 5-1 score. Uh, they played their best game of the season, although they still got outshot. And then they followed that up the other night with a loss to the Vancouver Canucks on Monday, 3-1. Uh, they showed clear improvement in that game, most notably by not giving up 10 goals again, lol. Pause for laughter. And the pivotal moment in that game was really the end of the second period when the Sharks gave up a shorthanded goal. And it was really a backbreaker because they honestly looked like they didn't think there was enough time on the clock for the Canucks to score. And it really begins with a telegraphed pass at the point in the offensive zone by Tomas Hurdle, where the forward on the penalty kill really pressed up on him. Didn't apply like a ton of pressure or anything, but he did enough to cut down the angle on Hurdle, who looked like he wasn't quite sure what to do and then decided that he was going to make a D-to-D pass no matter what. And then Mackenzie Blackwood compounded the mistake by coming out and playing the puck and making a really ill-advised play. He kind of swipes at the puck one-handed and reverses it into traffic instead of stopping it behind the net and moving it away from pressure, which would have allowed the first man back for San Jose to control the puck and kill out the final few seconds. And it really looked like there wasn't any conviction behind his decision there, and it ultimately spoiled what I thought was otherwise a pretty good game from Blackwood. The Sharks did respond well, though, on the power play to start the third period. Uh, they were able to get a goal back, but in the end, it wasn't enough. And there was also a bit of bad luck throughout the game. William Eklund had a glorious scoring chance set up by Tomas Hurdle, but missed the net on the backhand. Uh, and I thought he did everything right on that play, going against the grain on Demko and lifting the puck, but just wasn't able to close a blade of his stick enough to get the shot on goal. And then he had some more bad luck that kind of snowballed with a goal called back for goaltender interference, which was absolutely the right call in my view. And my favorite thing about that was Brody Brazil in the studio during the mental gymnastics and saying that the call was debatable and it wasn't goaltender interference. And meanwhile, you look over at Mark Smith and he looks like he's bleeding from the mouth from biting his tongue. But Zetterlin clearly skated through the crease and made contact with Demko, which obviously spun him out of position and prevented him from making the save. So I thought it was a good call. And that take by Brody just really felt kind of homerish, which I know is kind of part of the job, I guess, question mark. You know, the Sharks are signing his paycheck, but I don't think he would have said the same thing if the shoe was on the other foot and that happened to Mackenzie Blackwood or Kapo Kakinen. And I don't usually like talking about officiating too much because it annoys me, honestly, when broadcasters get hung up on it during games and they kind of allow it to become the main talking point or the main narrative. Uh, I just find it really honestly kind of boring and it takes time away from more interesting analysis about the game. Uh, but I do want to give credit where credit is due and say that I thought the refs did a really good job last night. The goaltender interference call, the match penalty for the slew foot by Hoaglander on the bank, and the high stick by Hoffman near the end were all good calls. And this isn't me calling out Brody Brazil specifically or any broadcaster specifically. It's really more of just like a general gripe that I have. And something that I've always loved about Randy Hahn and Drew Remenda is that they don't usually get too hung up on the officiating beyond their initial reactions to the calls. So anyway, enough about the refs and the broadcasting. 
I want to touch on the Sharks sending Daniel Guschin back to the AHL with the Barracuda the other day. Uh, during his cup of coffee with the Sharks, Guschin played on a line with Mikhail Granlund and Anthony Duclair against the St. Louis Blues, and then with uh, Granlund and Cunnan against Florida. And even though we saw flashes of brilliance, those lines were still well under 50% for Corsi 4 and uh, expected goals 4 percentage against both the Panthers and the Blues, which considering the Sharks overall played pretty well, in, in fact, very well against the Blues. And I thought at times they were pretty good against Florida as well. I was a little surprised that those lines didn't have better possession numbers considering the skill sets of those guys and the fact that they played second line minutes. But still, we saw some really exciting moments and positive signs from Guschin. David Quinn sounded pleased with his game, but said the AHL ultimately is the best place for him to be right now, and that dominating at the AHL level is a better use of his time and his development right now, rather than trying to hang on at the NHL level. And as much as I'd like to see him get a longer stint in the NHL, and my instinct is to advocate for him being up with the Sharks because I think it would be valuable experience and there's really nothing to lose and nothing at stake in this rebuilding season, giving him more time in the minors to play top-line minutes and refine his two-way game is probably the smart move. Uh, I will say, if he gets called up again this season, I would love to see him play on a line with Tomas Hurdle. Hurdle has consistently been... Uh, really the best driver of offense and offensive possession for the Sharks. And for a skilled top six guy like Gustin, uh, those kinds of minutes are the ones that you really want him to be playing. And in fairness, he did play second line minutes against Florida and St. Louis. But I like the idea of giving a young offensive prospect and really put them in the best position to succeed. So for Gustin, that would mean putting him on a line with the best players like Hurdle. So I say give him a chance on the top line, let him play with Hurdle, and see how he's able to produce with him. Obviously, he showed some really exciting offensive moments. We we all loved that between-the-legs shot from distance, which I've never seen before. But I'd really be curious to see what he could do with someone like Hurdle on his line versus Mikhail Granlund. And one more note from the Vancouver game before I shift gears. Uh, for those who follow me on Twitter, I mentioned that the JT Miller goal was my fault and I take full responsibility not just for that goal but really for all of his success in recent seasons. Uh, something you'll learn about me is that I'm a big fantasy hockey guy not to brag but this league that I'm in is pretty competitive and I've won the championship once and finished in the top three in five out of the six seasons that I've been in the league and I'm up to my usual tricks again this season. I'm still undefeated, still leading the league in points. So I'm definitely a dynasty, but again, I'm not bragging. I'm just merely stating the facts and allowing you all to interpret my dominance as you will. But all that to say is I think I evaluate players pretty well, and I think I have a good eye for the players who are both good in fantasy and good by real-life metrics. But I do have my blind spots, and I swing and miss every now and then. And that's where JT Miller enters the conversation. Uh, I was at a bar with a couple of buddies back in 2019 and we were getting ready for our next fantasy draft and talking about the players that we had our eyes on. And one of my friends said he was trying to decide if he wanted to draft JT Miller, who had just come off a season of scoring 13 goals and 47 points with Tampa Bay in 75 games. 
And that was after being a reliable about 20 goal and 45 to 55 point guy for really his whole career. Um, so definitely fantasy relevant, but I felt like he was a guy that you could easily pick up in free agency and because he had always been kind of a streamer type of guy in previous seasons. So what did he end up doing in really all of the ensuing seasons since? Uh, Miller's gone on to have seasons of 72, 99, and 82 points and has absolutely tormented me and my fantasy roster every single year. And I believe it's all because I, a podcaster, talked shit about him in a bar five years ago. Um, so when he scored that goal against the Sharks, it was just the continuation of a waking nightmare and really his unending vendetta against me and my blatant disrespect. So with all that said, it's really just a good lesson to never bet against JT Miller. And conveniently speaking of betting, this episode is brought to you by DraftKings. Bet the action on the ice with DraftKings Sportsbook. If you're feeling frisky, the Sharks are sitting there for tonight's game against the Seattle Kraken sitting at plus 235. So if you're feeling inclined, get in on that action. And the best way to do that is to download the app now and use code THPN. New customers can get 150 bucks instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on hockey. That's code THPN only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. The crown is yours. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after assurance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario, bonus bets expire 168 hours after assurance. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. The NHL and NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2023, all rights reserved. This episode is also sponsored by Raycon, and oh my goodness, the holidays are chaotic. And it may be too early to start decorating for the holidays, but it's never too early to start your holiday shopping. So why not take care of it now before the crowds and packed calendars make shopping a total nightmare? Especially when you can get some of the best deals of the season well before Black Friday. You can shop Raycon products right now and save up to 50% off because their early Black Friday sale is going on now. You've heard me talk about Raycon's products before. I'm personally pumped to try out their everyday earbuds. And if you've been living under a rock, Raycon first made a name for themselves in the audio space with products like their everyday earbuds, known for delivering high quality and thoughtful features like a 32-hour battery life and a perfect in-ear fit for all-day wear and lasting comfort. And this past year, they expanded their entire business with the introduction of Raycon Home and Raycon PowerTech. Their five-star reviewed Magic 180 cable allows you to charge iOS, micro-USB, and Type-C devices eight times faster with 100-watt power delivery. And their faucet filter ultra-filters the water in your tap against chlorine and heavy metals. It's a must-have for ensuring the water you use to wash your face and brush your teeth is, you know, actually clean. Raycon is known for delivering high-quality and thoughtful features at half the price of other premium tech brands. It's no wonder their products have racked up tens of thousands of five-star reviews. 
To get everyone in the holiday shopping spirit a bit early, Raycon is currently offering a 20% off everything on their site with select products up to 50% off. So beat the crowds and save now. Trust me, you do not want to miss out on Raycon's early Black Friday sale. Hurry now to buyraycon.com THPN to get 20 to 50% off site-wide. That's buyraycon.com THPN to score up to 50% off Raycon products. Buyraycon.com THPN. The last thing I want to talk about today is we got an update about the NHL's plans for international tournaments. And I'll read some quotes and excerpts from Greg Wyshynski's article on ESPN.com. What we learned is the NHL's international hockey tournament scheduled for February 2025 will be scaled back to just four national teams. And the proposed event would feature national teams from the U.S., Canada, Sweden, and Finland. And the article goes on to say that the NHL and NHLPA have been attempting to stage the next World Cup of Hockey tournament since it was revived in 2016. And they want to revive it as a preseason event in Toronto. And sources said that due to its limited scope, the 2025 event would be called something other than the World Cup of Hockey. And that the mission for both the NHL and the NHLPA was simply to stage some kind of international tournament ahead of the 2026 Olympics. And NHL Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly said, quote, We're hopeful to have an international tournament in February 2025. And he went on to say, We're working with the Players Association on the construct of that. Then, after that, we would like to be in a regular rotation between the Olympics and the World Cup every other year. That obviously involves us having an agreement to go to Milan in 2026, and that is still a work in progress. End quote. So, here are my thoughts. One, I guess I wouldn't say no to a best-on-best type of international tournament because I feel like those are always fun. But this does feel like a weak offering, and it can't really be considered best-on-best when you don't have all the other countries represented. Uh, With just the U.S., Canada, Sweden, and Finland in the tournament, that means there would be no Leon Dreisaitl, David Pasternak, Mo Sider, Roman Yossi, Alex Ovechkin, Igor Shosturkin, Nikita Kucherov, Kirill Kaprizov, Artemi Panarin, Timo Meyer, Yevgeny Malkin, Tim Stutzla, Nico Hischier, Andrzej Kopitar. The list goes on and on. And I think that would be a huge miss to not have those guys there on the world stage. These are guys that are faces of the game, faces of the league, faces of their respective teams. And if the game is going to grow internationally, these are the kinds of guys that can't be excluded. So without their involvement, it's hard to take the result of the tournament too seriously. And for me, it just kind of waters it down too much. Obviously, like everyone else, I'm hopeful that the NHL will send players to the Olympics again, especially because I really want to see Connor McDavid and Sidney Crosby play on the same team. And Crosby is somehow aging like fine wine, so it would still be really spectacular to watch those two play together. And then as far as the World Cup of Hockey goes, I would love to see Team North America make a comeback to that tournament. Um, But I seem to remember reading that they won't run it back if and when that tournament returns, which is too bad because that was one of the greatest teams I think I've ever seen on paper. And I'd like to think that all those guys have a secret handshake or a group chat or something behind the scenes because they were just that remarkable. And it's kind of crazy that pretty much every player on that team lived up to their lofty expectations. Um, The only real outliers or exceptions to that rule being Ryan Murray, Jonathan Drouin, 
And I guess depending on your perspective, Matt Murray, um, and I guess it's kind of hard to say that he didn't live up to expectations because he won a couple of Stanley Cups for the Penguins. But this team was absolutely stacked. And oh my God, I'm eating my words because I totally forgot about this, but JT Miller was on that team. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, I suck. But anyway, that'll do it for this one. Thank you so much for listening. Hit me up on Twitter at AllSharksNoBite if you want to join the conversation. And let me know your thoughts on anything that I talked about on this episode. If you enjoyed the show, give it a five-star rating and review on Apple and Spotify. It helps the show very much. And also, I'm starting to post links to the episodes on Reddit. And I actually got some really nice feedback from a few people. So thanks to those of you that checked it out there. Uh, Maybe that'll be a fun place to keep posting the episodes and have conversations. But really wanted to say thanks to all of the listeners and all the people on Reddit and hashtag Sharks Twitter for being so nice. Um, And to all of the listeners who have said really nice things about the show so far. Um, A quick note about the niceness of the community. That's been really impressive to me. I'm kind of used to the old days of like hockey forums where people sort of hid behind avatars and screen names and were less than friendly to each other. But I've had nothing but positive interactions so far. And one of my favorite ones was the other day on Twitter with a guy named Ian Reed from Teal Town, USA, where I retweeted a quote from Steven Stamkos where he was talking about playing with former shark Mikey Asimont. And the quote is actually pretty funny and worth repeating here. Uh, Stamkos said about Asimont, that's a guy you don't want to play against. I don't even want to practice against him, to be honest with you, because he's just that intense all the time, which is a great thing, obviously, end quote. And I retweeted it, and I said, I'm surprised Asimon didn't last longer in San Jose, given how effective he was and how well he fit Mike Greer's desired team identity. And Ian reminded me that Asimon actually wasn't going to have enough games last season to maintain his RFA status. So the Sharks were actually pretty wise to get rid of him and get something in return rather than losing him for nothing. And I feel like in years or decades past, I might not have gotten such a polite and reasonable response. So shout out to Ian, shout out to all of you listeners, and shout out to the Hockey Podcast Network and DraftKings and Raycon. Uh, Really appreciate you all. Hope you all have a happy and delightful Thanksgiving, and I'll talk to you next time. Go Sharks! Go Sharks!